Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. It is the June 8th episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday. It's your hump day edition of the show as we get ready for Game 3 of the NBA Finals, tipping off shortly this evening. I'm Chris, and with me, as always, is John. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning in. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Helps us, helps you, everybody wins. Also, uh, please share us with your friends and family. If you enjoy the, uh, the programming, we would appreciate you getting the word out and helping us out as we uh, try to continue to uh, make a thing of this. Uh, also, if you haven't done so already, jump over, uh, fire up a web browser, head to www.umyasports.com where you can get the latest sports news and information headlines curated from around the web, brought to you in one convenient location, free of charge, free from ads. Come on, what do you have to lose? Head over to umyasports.com. We'll see you over there. All right, with that housekeeping out of the way, let's jump into today's big episode. Um, Before we get to talking a little bit about that Game 3 coming up tonight, I'd like to just hit on a few things uh, from both across the NBA and the NFL. We'll start in the NFL, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up in the NBA. So let's start in the NFL. It looks like uh, Najee is going to be sharing some of the workload this coming, up season, uh, this co- <laughs> this coming season, uh, and uh, we'll be sort of splitting that, uh, that workload with, uh, with others. Yeah, I think that's interesting, especially because the first in the first year where he came in as a rookie, they gave him a huge workload and kind of he was their main workhorse for the entire season, which was great for fantasy owners. If you had him on your team, then you got a lot of points from him. Uh, this season, they're really just focused on keeping him and having him, you know, be the main running back, but at the same time, give him rest to make sure that he's not overworking it. And he said on particular plays they're not going to have him run that's was the message that he was conveying and so uh, we don't know exactly what that means until the season begins but not a whole lot of information there however benny snell which is the backup that they have now had a, a few touches last season but his production wasn't the best uh naji was really the you know the main guy so we're going to see exactly how these other running backs are going to take the load and help relieve some of the pressure from naji harris especially as in the second year the steelers are having a completely new offensive line or a, not a complete new they had one season together so they have a little bit but they're still you know relatively new naji's in the second year as the quarterback position's kind of up in the air. So a lot of things the Steelers are going to have to kind of put into place, especially offensively, even with their uh, wide receiver core. So it's kind of an odd season to do this where they're going to, you know, pull back on Najee Harris when you would assume this season they would, you know, ramp it up or keep it the same because you need Najee Harris to be able to kind of continue to taking the load off the wide receivers, off whoever the quarterback's going to be so they can kind of ease in. So honestly, this is going to be one of those things where, I think they're gonna have to be gonna have to judge it. I don't think this is one of the things that they're just gonna be able to tell right now because if they decide something now, that might not work in the future or when the actual season begins, because you know so running back goes down or uh, the the, uh, the passing game's not working or the quarterback position's kind of up in the air and they and the quarterback that they put in to begin is not kind of carrying the uh, carrying the load they, the way they need. So there's gonna be some give and take in there as well. But honestly, I think it's just a longevity thing for Najee Harris. Running backs usually don't have a, a, a 
very long career just because of the the all the hits that they absorb uh, from the defense linemen. So it usually takes a, quite a big quite a bit of a toll on them. So doing this is probably a move by him to make sure he has more longevity in his career. However, I think it's going to be an interesting situation where either. They're gonna have to. I think they need him to handle a large portion of the running, uh, running plays because he's the running back of the future for him. Yeah. So honestly, I think they need to kind of keep it in a position where they're both taking care of what Najee thinks he needs and what he yeah. he feels. But at the same time, watching out for the team because this team is so young. Yep. And I believe has a lot of room to disappoint, but they have also a lot of room to make a big run this year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'd love to see him running wild. He's a good runner. Indeed. Um. Speaking of a good runner, or at least a, a good runner after the catch, a uh, little drama up there in uh, Seahawk land, up in Seattle. DK Metcalf apparently not reporting to uh, minicamp. He's been in L.A. rehabbing his uh, injury. Um, do you make anything of this? Is this, uh, is this a red flag? Is this, uh, is this okay? Not a big deal? Um, do you think this indicates something bigger going on between DK and uh, and the uh, the front office slash coaching staff? I think the Seattle team's going a little bit uh, up in flames a tad bit here because off the rails. I mean, I think they're just they got if they lose DK Metcalf, this team is in a a, a, a terrible spot. Um, so they need to pay DK. Well, he, so he's in the fourth it's year a contract of his deal. situation. So yeah, he's in the fourth year of his deal of his rookie deal. Right, so he's gonna want to. He's gonna want the you know the you know all the big he's money from want it. The long term extension. But it's also one of those things where, I mean, I, I don't think the injury is keeping him from going. Obviously, the Seattle training staff would be understanding. They said it's an unexcused absence, so he'll yep. start to be fined for for any misses. He was there for the OTAs. He was you know participating in that, and then all of a sudden he stops, which makes it very confusing because if you're there for the OTAs, you're usually going to report to minicamp unless something's going on behind the scenes that we can't see as far as maybe the contract's not moving as fast as he wants it to. Maybe there's no deal in the future or, you know, in the med- or in the short-term future because it's going to be one in the long-term future here. But there's, a, a, you know, a range of options that could be prohibiting him from coming to this, uh, to the mandatory minicamps here. And honestly, it's going to be one of those things we have to figure it out. But the way that the wide receiver market has become this makes sense if he's looking for a contract to hold out because it's not like a Cooper cup situation where he's wanting to do the best for the team. He wants, you know, the, the, the money here. So honestly, they're going to have to figure it out quick because I don't trust them. If they say DK Metcalf's not going anywhere, usually that means he is going to be going somewhere. So, and I believe I heard that already. I mean, they said about Russell Wilson. Now he's gone. Bobby Wagner's gone. KJ Wright's gone. So none of these guys that are the veteran talents are really staying. Uh, and and I, if Pete Carroll stays at his philosophy, normally he doesn't keep with guys for you know a big chunk of time. So maybe he's out the door as well. I, I don't think it'd be a good idea to let DK Metcalf go to a different team. That would be a big, big loss for this team because they have no one else that fits his skill set, the type of wide receiver that he is, which is kind of the way wide receivers are going now. A.J. Brown kind of fits that mold. DK, uh, Trey Elon Burks, who is the new rookie in, in Tennessee, those guys, that type of wide receiver, that bigger body type, wide receiver that can you know mow people over. DK Metcalf has the speed and the size, which makes him a, a you know a big threat. But Seattle needs to be paying attention to this because you can't afford to lose him as well. If you lose him after the season or maybe even before the season begins, that's a big loss. Then you all re- all you really have left is Tyle Lockett, and then the rest of your rest of your pieces you're just kind of trying to mash together. But I feel like it's a bit weird that he would report to one thing and not the other, and the injury is not why that he wouldn't report. Uh, and 
the only thing that really makes any sense is the contract deal. So Seattle's gonna have to <laughs> figure it out. They have another mess on their hands. I feel like this offseason's been, you know, yep. quite messy for this team. Indeed. Uh that's been kind of smooth sailing for a little while. It didn't seem like anyone was gonna leave, and then all of a sudden Russell Wilson's yeah. gone. Maybe maybe uh, DK Metcalf's also thinking about the fact that it's either Geno Smith or yeah. Drew Locke's my quarterback. Sure. So do I want to sign sign yeah. on to this? Right. Yeah. Get through this season and get out like yeah. anybody else. And I then think, move to uh, a different team. I think Seattle is uh, is going to going to be dealing with uh, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of a lot of things changing and and reforming over the coming not just year but but years as uh the the pete carroll era i think is it's is coming to drawing a close. to a close yeah. and and we'll move on to uh to something else up there in seattle and and you know sort of as the transition is occurring it is gonna be messy a rabbit race yes for sure all right let's jump over to the uh the nba uh as you know we are in the heart of the nba finals game three tipping off here shortly um a team that was in the playoffs but now out of the of the mix are the Utah Jazz. And uh, as we know, we talked last time about the fact that uh, their coach is leaving. There's, uh, there's some uncertainty about which players are going to be sticking around. But they are fielding calls um, about, uh, about Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I, I think this is smart. You don't want to – I think – I talked about this on Monday quite a bit, and I think you don't want to keep Gobert. I think he's a piece that you can let go, and you're going to have to be, you know, finding pieces throughout the league. So it makes sense that they're fielding calls about him and not Donovan Mitchell. I think that's smart. I think it's the the correct time. Uh, Like Seattle, I believe Utah is in that situation where things are blowing apart, uh, and they're going to be, you know, it's going to be a brutal process for this Jazz team as they're trying to find their footing again. Uh, I believe that even if they aren't able to find another center, Whiteside, I believe, is a good enough center that he can, you know, take control of that number one spot and play it and have success. I think he's that type of player that can uh, fit that fit that area for him if they're not able to get in, in, the, in a particular deal. But uh, I think it just it makes sense, especially as they're not going to rush into getting a new head coach. It's going to take time. It's going to be a process. That's what they said. And they've also been I think they just contacted the Heat's coaching staff to talk about talk to an assistant there so they're trying to they got multiple things working they got front office slash coaching stuff they're worried about and then they're worried about the player situation so i think gobert's the first one to go just because there's that turmoil between donovan mitchell and and gobert and that's gonna rip a team apart if you do not take care of that so pulling one of the two away and obviously they don't want to lose donovan mitchell which i don't know i think if they lost either of those two players uh, I think that I, I think they'd be fine either way. I don't think there's going to be that big a deal, uh, regardless which player moves. Um, but they're going to have to, you know, make deeper cuts than just Gobert or just Donovan Mitchell. They're going to have to be moving more pieces around and trying to figure out what fits and what works. Because right now, what they have, even with a really good coach and Quinn Snyder, was not able to get them deep in a playoff run. So it's the pieces that they have need to also be fixed. Not all this can be blamed on the coach and what he was able to do. So honestly, I think it's just one of those things where uh, I wasn't surprised when I read that the that the Jazz are taking calls about Rudy Gobert. But I also think it's an interesting situation where the dominoes are starting to fall and things are starting to happen. And I believe by next time or next season, uh, through the offseason, we're going to be looking at this Utah Jazz team as a completely different team than what we saw this season. And I think it's going to have a major mix-up. I think besides Gobert, I think two or three different players could also be on the move or they could be signing more players. So there's going to be a lot of fun for Utah Jazz fans as they're going to have you know, completely different people on that roster. 
but it's also going to be kind of a sad one because well, they better be good. I think they're going to, I think for the Gobert, I just don't know what you're going to get for Gobert. Like what teams that have really good superstars are in need of a center. Right. I mean, not many. So what are you actually going to get from that? It's anyone's guess, but if you trade it to like a Bulls team or you trade it to uh, a Portland team or a Hornets team or something like that, maybe you can get more. I think Horn's probably less likely, but although even those teams have, you know, reasonably good centers that they're happy with. However, they are more willing to relocate pieces, so maybe you can get more from those teams, but you're not going to get a bunch of superstars from a team like the 76ers. 76ers already have a Joel Embiid or Giannis is already in um in or on the Bucks and Nikola Jokic is already on the on the Nuggets. So you got to kind of have to look around the league and wonder, you know, who's left and who's, you know, in dire need of this. So that's the other thing that they really worry about. If you're not willing to trade Donovan Mitchell, you got to wonder who you're actually going to be able to get from it. So there's two options here and they're going to have to keep their both those options open. Either A, they keep who they are and just get a coach on there or B, they get a new coach plus a, a, a new roster pretty much and hope that works out. But either way, it's going to be, you know, a long process because I think the jazz are going to keep us on the ropes a little bit here as they try to get things done, but it's a start, but we'll see where exactly where it goes. All right. As I said, game three tonight, Celtics warriors, what's going to happen. Yeah. It, We're one in one. It's even, it's pretty much anyone's guess. However, it is in Boston this time. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, it depends on if the if the Warriors play like they did last time. Are they going to come out of the gate swinging too hard? Because I believe in it just kind of comes out. And the Warriors control the start of the game. The first few quarters or the first half is usually dominated by the Warriors. And then the third quarter rolls around, and that is usually mostly done by the Warriors. But the fourth frame is usually the one that the Celtics either bounce back in or the third quarter is too much and they can't get back into it. So if the if the Warriors come out with Curry playing the type of basketball he's been playing throughout the finals and Draymond comes with the physicality and just, you know, annoying people and trying to get into under people's skin and, uh, and Clay Thompson starts shooting the ball well, it's going to be a long process, especially if Al Horford... Jalen Brown, uh, Marcus Smart, and Jason Tatum can't find a way to get on the same page at the exact same time. They can't wait. They can't let opportunities slip through their fingers and have each each half be one guy play extremely well, and the other half, he doesn't play well at all, and the other two people have to pick up the slack, and they can't figure out how to do it because the Celtics team, I mean, we talked about it on Monday, and I believe this is going to be the case. I think the Celtics are going to lose this game. I think the Celtics are just in this situation and in this rut that is kind of just went through the entire playoff so far. And it's this rut of, it, it just depends on where we're sitting in, in a game. It's, it always starts out with the first game they play well in, and in the middle they start to struggle and they're trying to find their footing they work, work, work. And then the sixth and seventh game, they make it interesting again. So ultimately I think that's why I picked this to be a seven game series because of what they've been able to do. But most people are like, I believe the Celtics are going to bounce back and they'll be fine and they'll come back and they'll win the game. But they've got so much to prove and they're playing a Warriors team that's coming in with a whole head of steam because the first game wasn't, I mean, that that's the closest you guys a moral victory. But they have a bunch, they worked so well together in that first game and they played so well together. Then they went in the second game and they improvised on what they did so well 
and they did it even better. And in the third game, that could be even better. But it's a one in one one game, one in one series because they didn't lose that first game. So the energy level of the of the Celtics is probably more of we have time to figure it out. But they're gonna have to figure out a way to match the physicality and the energy by Draymond Green. They're gonna have to play their style of basketball, which is shooting threes to keep in the game, but also understanding your game is inside the paint, so don't try to exactly mirror them. But honestly, I think it's going to be one of those situations where the Celtics are probably going to come out hot. They're going to want it. They're going to fight for it. But there's going to be some holes and some areas that they need to patch up. But they, it seems like they work better if those holes happen during the game so they can fix them later on in the series, and that's when they start taking control in those later games, 5, 6, 7. Those are the games that you start to see the true Celtics team. So I would not be surprised if they ended up losing this game, even though it's at home and even though it's their first game back. Uh, I just think this, this Warriors team is so strong and so dynamic. Okay, so you're calling a 2-1 to one. Warriors advantage by the end of the night on the series. I believe so, yes. All right, well, we will see. Uh, Tip-off is? 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. That is 8 o'clock Central. Yeah, it's 9 9 o'clock Eastern. Eastern. 6 o'clock Pacific. Mm -hmm. 7 o'clock Mountain. We're going to hit every time zone just to make sure (laughs) that people don't have to do that math. Uh, All right, Uh, Boston is giving the Warriors 3.5 points, so Vegas agrees with your assessment. Uh, but we will have to watch the game and see, and hopefully Indeed. it is uh, a good a good dynamic game, and we don't see one of the teams pulling all of their starters. Um, <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, you know, in the fourth quarter. Indeed. So. All right. Very good. Thank you for chilling, hanging out, yeah. talking some sports. Absolutely. Uh, appreciate you. Listeners, we appreciate you very, very much. Please subscribe. Please share. Check out umyeahsports.com. You can also follow us over on Twitter, at umyeahsports. Until what? Friday? Until Friday, yes. Until Friday. We will uh, see you soon. Enjoy some sports, and uh, we'll catch you later. See ya. See ya. God bless. <laughs>